Well, good morning, and thanks for joining us today. It's always a lot of fun when we get to do this together. Yes, it's fun. And so we're so glad that you're here. But before we jump in, why don't you pray and invite the Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Well, Father, we're so thankful that you're already here, that Holy Spirit, you've come to teach us. And we just say we open our hearts, our hearts and our minds to what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it was 45 years ago that a simple statement made a profound impact on all of our lives. My father, Happy Layman, was at work when a colleague of his abruptly came up to him and said, did you know that God is still doing miracles today? Well, my dad's ears began to burn because they needed a miracle. He and my mom had been diagnosed with infertility, serious infertility. They were told that they would never conceive on their own, and they longed for a baby. It was impossible. And that little statement that God is still doing miracles today would launch them on a journey that they never expected to take, a journey of, ex- of experiencing so much more than they thought was even possible. Mom and dad, they, they wanted this miracle. They wanted healing. They wanted a baby. But it was actually when they met the person of the Holy Spirit that everything changed for them. Because suddenly, it was like scales fell from their eyes and they read the scripture differently. And they said, oh my goodness, God is a healer. He's a miracle worker. There's so much more to the Christian life than they had previously thought. And so they gathered a group of friends in their home and they began to talk about healing and pray for one another and worship together. And that little small group uh, met together faithfully, learning the more that Jesus had for them. Well, that small group exploded when my mom supernaturally conceived after seven years of infertility. You see, they wanted a baby, but God had so much more for them. A church was born. And that is the church that we all know now as the Vineyard Church of Central Illinois. And in this moment, they knew they had to tell the whole town. They knew they had to tell people that God is still doing miracles today. If he did it for them, he wants to do it for you. And this was the assignment that God gave them extend the miraculous in this area and in this community. Well, assignments have actually taken on a new meaning in the Yoder household. They really have. You might not have known this, but for the last few years, Mike has actually been in grad school. He is getting a master's of divinity. That's where other people can explain that I am divine. As as Julie already knows, but if you get it certified, other people can know too. That's not what a master's of divinity is, but he has been studying some really interesting (laughs) topics. You know, New and Old Testament, he's done systematic theology, healing and deliverance, but I'm not going to lie. It's been a challenge because grad school is, well, as some of you know, grad school. And there are a lot of syllabuses and assignments. And changing schedules. And it's, it's been a journey. That is for it sure. Has. It's definitely been a journey. It's been very fruitful. Uh, uh, so I've been thankful for that experience. And I've learned a lot. It's, it's really challenged me to think very deeply about my faith. It's forced me to be really disciplined uh, in, in daily life. You know, with four kids and leading a church, there was already a lot of schedule to, to juggle. So this has added one more piece on that. So I'm waking up very early in the morning and Julie, unfortunately, is having to do a little more around the house. You're I'm, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Publicly recorded and known. It will be posted later so I can go back to it. I did say thank you. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it's always helpful to have those in there. But, you know, it's, it's always funny. You know, you're, you're, you're doing lots of work. You're doing your assignments and papers and homework. And my kids really like to rub that in that like, oh, dad's got homework too. You, you should go do your homework. And yep. so I'd like to turn and turn and turn about. And the reality is I never actually expected to be back in grad school again. I found though, 
that, that having these, the clear assignments has actually given me a lot of focus. Uh, like knowing the goal of the target in each class, it really helps me understand that even with the challenges, I, I know where I am, right? I know where I'm at in each class, where I'm going, and it really helps me understand my direction for each day. And I've actually, I've begun to, to make me ponder, like got me thinking about this, what is the goal and purpose of our faith in that same way? Do we understand it? Like, do we understand the purpose of our faith, right? Is it, is it all about getting into heaven one day? Is that, is that the focus of our faith? Is it God giving me what I want and getting out of that what I want in that? Is there more, right? Do we feel like we have daily direction in our journey with Jesus? Do we know what we're trying to accomplish with our faith? See, if we don't understand what we're trying to accomplish or what the assignment is that we've been given, we'll be frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll be, we'll be just feel like we're stuck. And that can lead us to this place where we're, we're asking, like, what, what's going on? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Is this it? Yeah. yeah. We've actually been asking this question, is there more? This is the question we've been asking over the last few weeks. And we've been turning to the gospel, the story of Jesus, yeah. him coming here and living and then dying and resurrecting. And we've discovered that there is more to Christianity. There is more to the good news. The first thing that we talked about is that we are made for love. We're made to encounter love. We're we're made to encounter the Father's love. And that love is not based on our preferences or our performance. It's based on the provision that comes from Jesus. All we have to do is receive this love. And we are restored then to right relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we become sons. That means that we're fully known, we're fully loved, we're accepted, and it's from this place of love that we can now live. But that's actually not the only part of the gospel. It doesn't just leave us with love, there's more. And last week we looked at the whole story of transformation, that we are made for transformation. We looked that we are actually being transformed into the image of God. That is what we are supposed to do. We are supposed to reflect Jesus to the world around us. And this is a holy and humbling call. We're gonna need the Holy Spirit's help. We are going to need it for sure. And that's the beauty of of the gospel story, that there is continues to be more. There's just this rich fullness that's in this. So as we encounter his love and we experience this transforming power, what we have now is that we can actually house the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Like we actually get to have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And that's what is empowering us to live out the destiny and the assignment that God has planned for us. See, what Jesus did was he made us a fit dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, for the presence of God, right? That's actually why he calls us a temple. That's where the presence of God lived in the Old Testament, but now it lives in us and we're now, that's where we get to be. See, we're carriers of the Holy Spirit and then our job becomes to give away what we've been given, right? We have, we have the, what Jesus did when he came was he brought the reality of heaven right here to earth, right? This whole, whole healing, hope, wholeness, all of it, he brought to earth now. And we, we call that, that's part of the kingdom, which we're actually gonna talk about just a little bit more. But we get to extend the miraculous by partnering with him to give away what we have. That's what we're made for. Yeah. And as we, uh, as we go forward, I wanna read now from Ephesians. Uh, in our, it's one of our key verses for this series, actually. This is Ephesians 3.20. And it says, this is from the message translation, by the way, just because it's, it's, it says it in a way that's really, really helpful. Uh, it says this, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess, or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And he does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us, right? 
God wants to do far more than we can ask or realize. And it's the Holy Spirit. He is going to be the key to this work. And it's him who's gonna guide us and work from within. Yeah, so we would say the good news is that there is more. Mm -hmm. There is more to your faith. If you're feeling dry, if you're feeling disappointed, if you're feeling like, what is the point of all of this? There is more. We have been given a destiny. We have been given an assignment. There is a kingdom syllabus. And here's what it is. We are made to extend the miraculous. God is still doing miracles today. And we get to partner with him to give that away. I wanna take us to to Matthew uh, 10. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And these are the instructions that he gives them when he says, listen, you're gonna go out. This is Matthew 10, verse seven and eight. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick, raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. So here's the deal. We are natural people who are invited into supernatural work. These are bold instructions, really bold instructions. Like if we look at those, kick out demons, heal the sick, touch the untouchables. This, for some of us, we're like, whoa, I'm not sure. Uh, Here's the really good news. God is the healer. He is the one with the power. We are simply the partners. We are going to partner with him to give away what he has. Our job is to extend the miraculous wherever we live, work, and play. We use this phrase a lot, extend the miraculous. What does that even mean? I'm so glad that we're gonna talk about it today. I'm so glad you asked. Good job. Because it means a lot of different things. You know, it means that, yes, we're gonna pray for people. We're gonna prophesy. It also means we're gonna encourage people and we're gonna be kind. We're gonna give away what we have been given. Mm-hmm. What, what has God done in your life? Where has he brought healing and wholeness? This is the starting place for how we begin to partner to give away what God has given us. What he has done in you, he wants to do through you. Now, this is an incredible assignment. It, like, it gets me excited and I feel like, yes, Lord. But if I'm really honest, there are some dilemmas that we face. There are. There, yeah, there there's are. reasons why we aren't like, why everybody's not extending the miraculous every day. We want to be real about that. Yeah. We want to be real that there are, there are things that, that hold us back, right? And one of those things that holds us back is fear. Fear is a major thing that can hold us back in that. Like, we're, first of all, we might be afraid that I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I feel unqualified. Like, is this even something I'm supposed to be doing? Should I be doing? Shouldn't somebody else be doing this that knows more than I am? Those can all be places that, that we, we create that fear. And then we it's like, okay, well, if I overcome that fear and I try to step out, what if nothing happens? You know, what if I'm, I'm, I'm left there looking foolish and, and, oh man, what's going on? Well, what if I say the wrong prayer or if I, if I say the wrong, if I just say the wrong thing to the wrong person? All those things can be places where fear gets us. And then there can be just a fear of like rejection, Right? We all, we all want to be accepted. We all want to be brought in and have, have community and connection. We can feel like, well, what if I'm rejected because I just, it looks too strange, right? Well, and I think this has become even more prevalent because there is this prevailing thought that your faith is between you and God. It's personal. It, it shouldn't affect other people around you. Like if you're good with God, like don't worry about other people. But that's actually not the instructions that Jesus gave us. The instructions Jesus gave us is worry about other people. Tell them that the kingdom of God has come, that freedom is here. 
And so I think that fear of being rejected, yeah. though, kind of hides us and keeps us in yeah. this place. Well, we look for reasons to not. Yeah, we absolutely. Not do it. But we're supposed to follow Jesus' example, right? And Jesus' example was not, I'm going to keep this to myself. I'm, I'm sure you're glad I'm here, but I'm going to keep it to myself. Well, that wasn't his example, right? He gave away what he had, and he gave, he gave it out of this generous generosity. And then there's this, this, this other one, this, uh, is this fear of looking weird. That's a real one, right? Like <laughs> it's okay. You can laugh. It's okay, you can you can laugh, right? And actually, I, I want to encourage you. When I first came here, I thought everyone was weird. Like twenty years ago, there's still a few. <laughs> uh, well, I won't say any. I won't pick any on anybody though, because uh, I'm probably included in all of that. But the reality was that was that was it. Like I came here, and everybody's like, "Hey, let's pray like right now," and I'm going to expect something to happen. I'm like, what are you just go pray in your quiet time? What are you doing? Like, and then they're just like laying hands on. I was like, well, that's good if I get to hang out with Julie. But other than that, like, no. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble up here, aren't I? You are. Uh, but then things did happen and people got healed. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of weird too, right? But it was also kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I actually personally met the person of the Holy Spirit and was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it changed everything for me. You know why it changed everything? Because the Spirit coming to dwell and understand who that Spirit was helped me to actually recognize the same spirit was in those people who were experiencing the power of his presence. Suddenly it became something I knew and, was, and it was connected to. That's what the power of the spirit can do. It brings us into that place of, of connection. And yeah, is it gonna be weird? It's okay. I went from everyone thinking everybody here was weird to being the lead weirdo. Mm -hmm. So like there's something there, like you're the co-lead weirdo, I think, yep. so that she gets to do that with me, right? Uh, we'll, we'll have to have do something that we're gonna change our name tags or something, I think. It's the lead pastor, lead weirdo. But the, the reality is the supernatural, by definition, it's not natural. It's kind of weird. It's just going to be different. It doesn't fit with the natural order of the world because it's God's heavenly kingdom breaking into our reality right now. Yeah. Okay, so fear holds us back from this assignment of extending the miraculous. Yeah. Another very real dilemma is frustration. Yeah. We, maybe we believe in miracles. We believe that God does miracles today. We, we, we pray for other people and yet nothing happens. And we're gonna talk more about this in just a minute as we explain the kingdom dynamic, but this is real. And so what ends up happening is we just say to ourselves, you know what, it'd be easier if our faith was just simple. Yeah. Love God, love others occasionally, but more of like a, from a distance, not really hands-on in their life. Nothing too weird. Right. And so basically what ends up happening is it gets too hard to believe that God is a, a, a miracle-working God and we end up feeling like, yeah. it's not worth it. We're frustrated. We're disappointed. And the reality is, this is actually part of it. Yeah. Part of believing in this assignment is taking on the risk that we may be disappointed. Yeah. But God is big enough for our disappointment. Yes. He is big enough for the mystery that we sometimes don't understand. And Mike and I have faced some very frustrating things. You know, Mike's dad, um, who worships at our Sullivan campus, he's battled Parkinson's disease for over 20 years. And, and we've seen some breakthroughs, yeah. but he's not fully healed. It is very frustrating to believe that God can do miracles and then watch your father yeah. struggle. And, and to see miracles happen, but not the one that, yeah. not this one particularly, yeah. You know, one of our sons was diagnosed with a childhood form of epilepsy years back. And it's been a journey of medications and doctor's appointments and other things. It is very difficult to live in that tension of frustration. And it is tempting for us to just say, you know what? It's not worth it. I'd rather believe in a simple faith instead of engaging with this incredible assignment. Yeah, that's good. 
And the last thing that I think really holds us back is what we call fog, okay? We're so busy, we're overwhelmed, we've jammed our schedules, and it's like we have fog all around us. We can't even see the people in our life who we're supposed to be loving and extending the miraculous to because literally everything is consumed with our schedule, our time. Well, this can happen even in good things, mm-hmm. like even in things that we're training. Like this happens, I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm in school, I'm leading a church. Those are all good things. And some even say they're God things. But even in that, I can miss in the moment what God's doing right now. Yeah. And so I have to train myself. I have to learn to say, look, those things are not an excuse not to do the thing. I have to learn to walk those things out with a, with a presence of mind of understanding the spirit is yeah. here right now speaking. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think there are real things. I think we should acknowledge those things. We don't have to hide those. Yeah. But I think we should push past those excuses and we should say, okay, Holy Spirit, how do you want to partner with us? Because if you long for more, if you want your faith to feel alive, if you want to understand your destiny and the purpose for which God put you here, mm-hmm. we're going to have to press in to this assignment. Right, and, and to do some of those, it's, it's really helpful for us to understand some foundational pieces mm-hmm. of this. We want to talk a little bit about the kingdom, which we, we, we mentioned earlier. And we want to establish it because this foundation is so important for us to understand both who we are and what we get to do, right? So there's a whole lot that's in this. We're going to go actually go back to Genesis. And we actually talked a little bit about this last week. Di actually shared some of this last week, but it's so important. We want to, want to come back and hit it in, in light of this message today. And we're going to read again from the message translation in Genesis 1, 27 through 28. It says this, God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. In that, when you hear that, you're hearing that's created in God's image to be a reflection of who he is. That's that God-like or reflecting God's nature. He cre- it says he created them male and female. God blessed them to prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for the fish in the sea and the birds in the air for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth, right? So we were created in this, this image and likeness of God. That's when we talk about identity. When you hear us say that word identity, that new identity is what Jesus paid for. He created us. He transformed us into the image and likeness of God. And then the second part of this, this is interesting. We prosper, we reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, and be responsible. Some translations actually say to subdue the earth or to govern it. See, this is actually the destiny of humanity. Mm-hmm. Not because it's of, of, of a control thing, but this is actually what God has created us to do. He wants us to take responsibility to be good stewards for this world that can help him to actually accomplish the mission that he has for us on earth. So understanding who we are and understanding what, our, what we've been created for helps us understand the assignment that yep. we've been given. We're called because of these things to extend the miraculous wherever we live, work, and play, right? We get to give away what we've been given. Yeah, we're imaging Jesus, reflecting who he is to the world. Yeah. And this means that the assignment is simply giving away, giving away what, we got. what we've received. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about the kingdom because there in Matthew 10, that verse I read, you know, it, he instructed the disciples. He said, listen, tell the people the kingdom of God has come. So I think the question we have to ask is what is the kingdom of God and why does it matter to us? Yeah. These are gonna be foundational. Here at the Vineyard, we believe in something called kingdom theology. And this is the framework which really helps us understand who God is, how the world works, and how um, we can partner with him in extending the miraculous. You know, wherever Jesus went in the New Testament, he was often saying, the kingdom of God has come, repent. And then he demonstrated the kingdom of God. When Jesus went places, what did he do? He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he freed people, he helped the marginalized. 
he showed us what the kingdom of God was really like. And this was actually startling because remember, people in his time believed that Jesus's kingdom was going to be a physical kingdom. There was gonna be world domination because of God's kingdom. But what Jesus shows us is actually God's kingdom is on a different plane. It is way bigger than a physical kingdom that is like, you know, held to a certain geographic location. This kingdom is the kingdom of God and it is God's rule and reign. You see, what Jesus was saying when he said to people, tell people the kingdom of God has come, what he was saying is that the future is here. Heaven can break in to earth. Even though we aren't in heaven yet, we are on earth, heaven can break into earth. You know, even when Jesus teaches us how to pray in Matthew, you know, he says, pray, my, uh, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I'm gonna put up a chart that's gonna help us explain a little bit about the kingdom dynamic and these two different ages. Okay, so this is a little bit theological, just stick with us. This is really helpful framework to help us understand how we can extend the miraculous. Okay, when Adam and Eve sinned, this age began. This age is the kingdom of darkness. And in the kingdom of darkness, we have pain and problems, sickness and death. Okay, so this is, um, you know, where the bad stuff is. When Jesus comes, he ushers in the age to come or the kingdom of God. And what you notice here on the chart is that these two ages overlap with one another. And it's in this place that we live in what we call the tension of the already and the not yet. Yeah, and in that already and not yet, this tension of where we live, that's where some of those dilemmas that we experience, right? Because there's, there's a battle that you're going to talk about in that. But in those places, that's where the frustration, the fog, and the fear can be in the tension of, is it already, but not yet always fully there? Okay, so what this chart is basically trying to explain to us is that healing and wholeness are available now, but they're not always guaranteed. Jesus instructs us, though, to pray for breakthroughs. It is possible that heaven can invade earth at any moment. Sometimes the breakthrough happens and sometimes it doesn't. And let's just be honest, this causes tension in us because we feel like we are failing. Yeah. We feel like we have done something wrong, but this framework actually helps us understand there is a way bigger thing happening. This is the context that we need. Okay, there is a battle happening between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. But the best news is this, the war has been won. Jesus won the war when he went to the cross and defeated the enemy for good. However, we live in the last days. We live in the tension of these two kingdoms. And this is why sometimes when we pray for people, they aren't healed. Sometimes when we ask God for a miracle, we don't get the breakthrough. But we're not gonna let that disappointment stop us from the possibility of the breakthrough happening. You see, you have Jesus living inside you. And the Holy Spirit wants to partner with you to give away what God has given you. This is the incredible message of the kingdom. Our destiny, our kingdom assignment is to extend the miraculous. And we can do this because of two reasons. The kingdom of God has come and the Holy Spirit lives inside us. This is how we can actually do the assignment. The miraculous has arrived. We can experience the future, a taste of heaven now. That's so good. I love that. So that's uh, this foundational piece of understanding that gives us that thing. So now as we think about that assignment, okay, how do we extend it? Well, we, we have to talk about our motivation too. And our motivation always has to be love because Jesus, the way he moved was always in love. Often when you, when you read in uh, the, the gospels, when Jesus does a miracle, often that miracle that, that happens was preceded by Jesus first being moved by compassion. 
So there's this, this piece of love that happens in there, and we want to, to, to follow Jesus' example and have that as well. And we, and we know that, right? As we've talked about this, there is more series, and in our, in our, in our mission is, right, this, we've encountered love, and we've experienced the transformation, and now we get to give those things away. Those are that love and that transformation is what we've experienced, so we get to give it away to the world around us. And, and it's not a burden. This is important. We don't give so that we can get something back. We get to give because that's who we've been made to be. Mm-hmm. It's how we get to do that. We have this incredible treasure that we have, and we want to give it away and share it freely with the world. And I also want to be clear when we talk about the miraculous, it's not just this one-dimensional thing. Sometimes we can get, oh, the miraculous just is physical healing. And that's what, because often that's something that's tangible that we can see. And that is a, a very important part of what we talk about, but it's not the only thing. What it is, is the inbreaking power of God's kingdom through the Holy Spirit to transform our lives and the world around us in ways that would otherwise be impossible. And that can be physically, it can be emotionally, spiritually, relationally, it can be financially. See, God is all about wholeness in our lives. And so when he moves in the miraculous, he may be moving in multiple ways in your life or in the lives of those around you. So that's, that's part of how we wanna, we wanna bring heaven to earth right now in all of these dimensions. So where's their brokenness? Where are their problems? Be they big or little, I think we can all find some. Where is there a need? See, in each of those questions lies an opportunity to extend the miraculous. We can partner with the Holy Spirit for breakthrough by praying for others, by giving an encouraging word, by by reflecting Jesus through generosity and listening. But we have to stop allowing fear and frustration and fog to stop us from living out the assignment that we've been given in the kingdom. Yeah, we like to say it this way. We're naturally supernatural disciples who want to have everyday encounters every day. And so I'm always encouraged by stories. And so I'm going to tell a couple yeah, stories here sure. now as we kind of, you know, end the round the, end, round the corner, round the, corner, the corner, land the plane, land the plane. Well, I'm telling a story on Kirsten um, Warden, who is one of our youth pastors here. And she was the host this morning. And when she told me the story, I was like, this is just too good because this is just such an amazing example of extending the miraculous. So it's the day before school starts and Kirsten realizes that she does not have all of her daughter's school supplies. So she has to go to Target now. If you have been to Target in the month of August in this area, you know, you know, it is a dangerous place. There are lots and lots of people. So she has a mission. She is going to get in and get out, okay? And as she's walking out, she sees a group of young women standing there. And she thinks to herself, oh, the students are getting back to town. She goes out to her car and, you know, she's like thinking, okay, what time am I gonna get home? When another thought pops in her head, those girls need a ride home. And immediately she's like, (laughs) no, (laughs) I got to get home and I have car seats and there's lots of goldfish on the ground and that would be weird and embarrassing. So no, Lord. And she goes to pull out and these young women are walking out and they look a little confused and they have their phones out and they, they, they look like they're walking towards the bus. And so Kirsten's like, okay, well, I mean, I guess I can go ask them. And so she rolls up and, you know, rolls the window down and she's like, hey, Do you guys need a ride? And they're like, are you going to campus? And she's like, no, but I'm a mom and I'm a youth pastor and I just felt like you needed a ride. And so I wanted to offer you a ride. And these young women were like, we we do need a ride. And so they end up getting into the car with Kirsten and- I gave this caveat for service. You did not hear the pastors up here like saying, hey, get in cars with strangers, okay? I'm just making sure nobody's telling that little like fib, like, hey, y'all, the young ladies go jump in a car with a stranger, you know, it's okay. And 
so they end up striking up this conversation and these young women are actually international students. They've arrived to the States the day before. Their cell phones don't work yet. They couldn't figure out the bus system. They needed a ride. There was a need and Kirsten provided kingdom kindness. And what I love is there was no prayer. There was no prayer. There was no prophecy. There was no long drawn out thing. It was simply kingdom kindness. And she ended up taking them around, giving them a little tour around the town and they exchanged numbers. And who knows the seeds that were planted in that moment. And I know this sounds weird. And I know you think to yourself, is that extending the miraculous? That is extending the miraculous because you want to know why? When I talked to Kirsten about this after this, she said to me, this was the most fun thing I did the entire month. Now, she is a mom of young children, but I actually, I actually really think this is a word for us, that if we would actually engage with Holy Spirit afresh, if we would say, Lord, here I am, use me. Yeah. Give me ears to hear and eyes to see what you're doing right now in this moment, we would have that feeling of there is so much more. I get to partner with God. I get to do the impossible, even if it is simply kingdom kindness. I, I love this because this is such a great example of the way that the kingdom actually works, right? Because the miracle that actually happened in this was that she actually heard from God. Now, and, and we can brush past that. We have a speaking God. That, that's actually a, a revelation. This was, this was transformative to the world. When Jesus came and understood, we still have a speaking God that everybody gets to be a part of. Everybody gets to play, right? That's a big deal. But this is the way the kingdom works. God speaks, we obey, and then God moves, yep. right? And this is important for us because we, we have a speaking God. This God speaks thing is important because we're his image bearers. We should expect that we have a speaking God, that if we're gonna reflect who he is, that he would wanna speak to us, right? And if, if that's the case, then we wanna develop our ability to listen and to hear from him, right? So we wanna invite the Holy Spirit into every part of our day. We wanna invite him, I wanna listen, Sometimes it's just a whisper. Sometimes it's that weird thought that pops in your head, like give these people a ride. But however God's speaking, our job is learning how to understand and hear the voice of, of, of God, right? So God speaks and then we obey. And this is really important, okay? This, this, we have to understand obedience is our goal. Because if, if it's not our goal and success in, in, in the breakthrough that happens after that obedience becomes the goal, like if it doesn't happen, then we failed, then we've developed a performance mindset around Jesus, and that's not okay. That's not who he calls us to. So obedience is actually our measure of success. It's up to God to bring the breakthrough. Yeah. Our, we, our, our, our success starts at simply obeying what he's asked us to do. So God speaks, we obey, and the God moves. This is just credit goes to God. Yeah. We don't hold this power. God's the one who does the miraculous. He's in charge of the kingdom. We're in this battle that he, we get to partner with him, but he's the one who holds the power, and we get to partner with him. Yeah. Yeah, and we wish this process was different often. We do often wish this was different. And the, the reality is it's not a formula. Yeah. Like we can't make this into a formula. If we had a formula that we guaranteed this happened every single time, then the problem would be that would put us in control. And we actually think God loves us enough not to put us in control because again, we'd make it a burden. It'd become this thing, well, then I'm not, I'm not succeeding if I didn't control this situation. And so that becomes a problem. He actually made it centered on our weakness because he wants relationship. He wants it to be dependent upon him and him alone for these things to happen. And the reality is we never actually arrive at a place where it just always happens. We continually have to go through this process of God speaks, we obey, and he moves, yeah. right? It never changes, yeah. so. So good. So I wanna tell one more story about my parents. So my parents obviously founded this church. And what I love about their lives is they so lived this, not just here at church, but in their home. 
and in their neighborhood. And you might not know this, but Mike and I live across the street from my parents, and my parents go on two walks every single day, a 30-minute walk in the morning and a 30-minute walk in the afternoon. And this means that they've really gotten to know their neighborhood really well. They know their neighbors, and they know different things that are happening in their neighbors' lives. And a couple times a week, I get to go on a walk with them. And what I've noticed is that their neighbors will watch and wait for them and run out to give them updates on Mm -hmm. things in their lives. And so one neighbor, both the husband and wife were battling cancer at the same time. And my mom had gotten them some soup and they had been kind and my parents had prayed for them. And she came running out the other day to say, my scan is clear, my scan is clear. And then at the other end of the street, they live on a cul-de-sac, so they just do loops. At the other end of the street, there was a woman who's going through a divorce after 49 years of marriage, really tragic and very, very painful. And dad one day had just given her an encouraging word and she ran out the other day after that. And she said, my divorce proceedings went better than I expected. I could feel God's love as I was in that courtroom. Another, another neighbor, their, their child um, shot his, uh, a Nerf gun and it hit his eye. And they were saying to them, this could be like long-term damage. And the parents, he's five years old. Of course, they were very worried. And so mom and dad just did a quick prayer right there with them. And they came back and they were like, it's a miracle. He's gonna be totally fine. And his eyesight is not gonna be affected. Just story after story after story of in their everyday life, they're just taking care of themselves. They love to walk and talk. This is how they've stayed connected for 51 years of marriage and leading this church. And their neighbors know who they are. They know that God is a God who, ha- who does miracles. And every single day, they just get to extend the miraculous. And they even prayed for a neighbor's dog to return which we know is a miracle because they are not animal people. Not animal people. Uh, I am happy to report that the dog did come home. Yeah, God, God works despite of that. Yes. Apparently, yeah. But what I love about this is that each of you, you have been placed in neighborhoods. You have been placed in your job. You've, you have the specific interests and hobbies. You go to the University of Illinois because God has an assignment for you. He has a destiny for you. He has a purpose for you. And your purpose is actually to give away what God has given you. You get to extend the miraculous. And that might sound crazy. And that might sound crazy. And we're going to do it together because this is what God has called us to do. If we listen to God and obey his instructions and directions, all of heaven can break loose. I love that. Everywhere you go, all of heaven can break loose at any time because you're carriers of Jesus. You're carriers of his kingdom wherever you go, right? So we want our communities to be better. We get to be extending the miraculous because when we do that, we bring hope. And and it's hope for better families, better schools, better uh, leaders in our community. What we want to be better, we can, we can help by extending the miraculous into the world. The world's not going to solve its problems on its own without Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what we understand and believe. That it, it, is, it needs to be centered in Jesus to bring those solutions. And we can train and learn and grow in those things. We can do things like our School of Kingdom Ministry, right? And, and you hear us talk about School of Kingdom Ministry a lot. We call it SOCOM. This is such an important tool. This, this whole class was developed because we wanted to train better. Like we wanted a better opportunity to train people how to do this. Like the tagline is extend the miraculous. Learn. Or learn uh, to extend the miraculous, yeah. I'm sorry. It's so important though. And you actually have an opportunity. It starts today. And so we've actually talked to Daniel, who's our director of school. And he said, hey, if people still want to come today, you can still participate today. You'll get your paperwork and you'll get all the information you need. But it's starting this afternoon, right after this. Mm-hmm. We so believe this is so important for us to connect in that way. And there's other places you can go and get trained. Kingdom Healing, which is uh, training for prayer. This is where you can learn uh, just the tools for how to pray, whether it's in your daily life, whether it's a church, wherever you're at, you can learn to pray. And then get in a small group. 
Our small group is a great opportunity for us uh, to practice the miraculous with people Absolutely. who are on this journey with us. Yeah, we get to unlock doors that cannot be unlocked in any other way than a supernatural yeah. way. This is the assignment and the destiny God has given us. We get to extend the miraculous with the Holy Spirit. We are not doing this alone, and we get to do this because the kingdom of God has come and the Holy Spirit now lives within us. I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna spend some time worshiping. So Holy Spirit, we need you. God, we can't do this alone, and we don't wanna do it alone. And so right now, I thank you for every miracle that we've already experienced and I pray for those who are waiting for a miracle in this moment, God, whether that's physically or emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally. God, would you come? Would you meet us here as we worship you, as we recenter and refocus our lives on you today in this moment? We love you, Holy Spirit, and we want to partner with you to extend the miraculous. In Jesus' name, amen.